What's going on, Patriots? You're listening to the Republic Restored Podcast. I'm Joe. That's Anthony. You can find us on Twitter at RepublicRestored and on Instagram at RepublicRestored. If you'd be so kind as to go to your podcast app of choice and leave us a five-star rating and review, we would be more than gracious. Gracious is not the fucking word. Anyway, Ed, let's get this ball rolling. How was your week? Uh... It was good. I apparently have to tell you uh, off the jump. We're still doing the Skype thing for everybody. Um, first time I, I don't know if it's done it before and I never noticed it, or this, this is the first time it's ever done it. But Skype says I have to tell you that I'm recording you. Oh, that's cute. For legal reasons. So oh, right. just so everyone knows, Joe, you're being recorded. All right. Thanks. Um, All right. I mean, I don't know. Because it's always said in the top left corner that uh, Anthony is recording the call. So I would assume that that's enough Oh, notice. it says that? Yeah, it's said, it's said it forever. Anthony is recording oh. the call. So I guess for legal reasons, now you just have to say it out loud. Well, yeah. I think they want me to say it out loud for legal reasons. Because um, nobody told Obama's FBI uh, that you had to let people know that you were recording them. So now everyone has to know that they're being recorded. Right, um, right. They had uh, Obama's FBI. They uh, were a little confused in that department. So now Skype yeah. and Zoom. I, I'm, I'm assuming Zoom too. Yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, what software do you think they use over there at the FBI? Uh, Uvu. Yeah, probably. I would probably. be surprised. I think they have a because they're they're a bunch of junior high school little bitches anyway. So, I mean, why wouldn't they use something that I last used in junior high school? What do you think they use? In, what do you think they use during the Obama administration? A precursor to house party? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably probably the precursor to house party. I think that they uh they tested it cuz it was just one big fucking joke in a party over there in the uh, Yeah, Obama they they definitely there. used yeah. the Uvu. Um NASCAR's coming back. Yes it is. Sunday, May 17th, Darlington Raceway. Everybody <sighs> rejoice with me. Thank God. Now I can uh I could continue my slow creep to being obsessed with NASCAR because I was just starting to get into it. And then of course a global pandemic strike. So I'm sorry, world. Yeah, um, it's your fault. Yeah, um, I'm NASCAR, sorry. NASCAR has said they're going to do it with no fans, which is fine. I mean, it doesn't affect the broadcast at all. Um, I need to watch a sport though. I need sports back. I, I've been watching The Bachelor just so that I can see some kind of competition. Yeah, it's bad. It's not good. It's not good at all. You're watching no. The Bachelor. I am not. I, I don't understand The Bachelor. Okay, so this is I my- can explain it to you very well now because now I'm well-versed in it. I mean, if it, if it was legal to gamble in New York, I'd be gambling on, on roses every week. I mean, once it becomes legal to gamble in New York on sports, and it would, in fact, I bet The Bachelor would be included in that. Because why the fuck not? Just gamble on everything. Um, I don't yeah, know. It's just bachelor on sports books. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's twenty females, um, fighting over one dude. Everyone is attractive. Everyone is a, a minimum of an eight. Yeah, even the bad ones are like seven point seven fives. Yeah, there's nobody like it. What would make it really competitive? Is if you stick a few fives in there with with ten personalities, I mean not ten yeah. different personalities, but a ten level personality. You're right. 
Because <laughs> there are some tens on that show, I bet, with ten different personalities. Yeah, and all, 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 all overall personalities of a two. Right, yeah. right. They're just watching. They're like watching paint dry. Can't hold a conversation, but they're a fucking model. Yeah, yeah. But that's what makes it interesting, and especially when they have their picnics at the edge of cliffs. Mm-hmm. Because I remember uh, me and my girlfriend, like our third date, I rented a, uh, I rented a big limousine, um, I rented a big limousine, a helicopter. We went out um, to the desert. I had uh, a few park rangers with us, and they escorted us to this cliff where I had, um, where I had people set up a, you know, a nice little table with a tablecloth and a candle. And there was a perfectly trained hawk that was there with us. It just watched over us to protect mm-hmm. us from bear, from bears. And uh, it was a really nice night. It was great. And she accepted my rose. So that was good. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's not realistic, like, in the, like, at all. I always said that they should do a version of The Bachelor that was more like real life, where it was just this guy named Tony who lives in his mother's basement in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. Right, and he's got no fucking job. He's got to ask his mother for money to take these girls out, and he's driving this like '98 Honda Civic, beat to shit. But and he, he ends thinks, up. He thinks he's hot shit. He's got the Ed Hardy shirt with the with his hair all done right. Like he th- he's he really thinks he's hot shit. He's got his Michael Kors watch that he thinks is a Rolex, and he picks up this girl named Marie. Yeah, she's a seat. Is she a seat town uh, cashier? No, she is not a C-Town cashier. She is the receptionist <laughs> at a orthodontist office. Okay. <laughs> so she thinks she's hot shit, too, because she's an aspiring orthodontist. Right. But the only reason that orthodontist even hired her is because his niece went away to college and he needed somebody else to fill the position. Uh, so little okay. does she know she really has no future there. But she lives, um, she lives in the house with her mother and her nana. Right. So it's just estrogen all over the place. So when Tony comes over, his back's really up against the wall. Yeah, because they don't like that son, that no good son of a bitch. No, they don't like that piece of shit. Tony's just like his father. Yeah. His father left his mother. He's going to leave you, Marie. This Tony's no good. He's got no job. He's 29. 29. Disgraziato. He's, no, he's got nothing set up for him. He didn't go to college. But for two months, he went for co- to college. Two months got no future he keeps talking about how he's going to get into construction but he never starts when's he going to start marie oh well it's not the season marie that's bullshit he's lying to you that right. would be a good show that would be a fantastic show and then and they then a nice dinner, they go to dinner at lmb get a spumoni and a slice right i mean that's a tv show people are watching this his car he's taking a home breaks down on the bell parkway and then a uh, yeah, and then a good cliffhanger is that she gets a text message from her ex, Sebastian the electrician. Yes, he's got it going on, Sebastian. He's a big shot electrician. He's in. Oh, the- he's in the union. Yeah, he's got a union <laughs> job, he's which is like, union. which is like, um, whenever any anybody with an Italian American background in New York City gets a union job, it's like they just graduated from Yale or they oh, just got an ex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You literally just got a job in the Secret Service if you got into yeah. the union. I mean, either, it doesn't get any bigger than being in a union. No either, one knows what it really means, but they know it's good. 
Yeah, it's either it's either a union job or you get a straight up city job, which prerequisite you already have a union. But yeah. if okay, so it's different levels. If you have if you get a union job, a regular union job, it's great. It's like you got into NYU. But forget about it. If you get a city job, uh, if you're a if you're a cop, a fire firefighter, or a sanitation worker, sanitation worker, forget about it. I mean, yeah, you you're God. That's it. Especially when you show up. To Christmas Eve in your sat in your lime green reflective <laughs> sanitation sweatshirt, just to let everybody know that you work for sanitation. You're about forty pounds overweight with a with a with a pubic beard. Yes, you have a pubic hair beard, and you can't say a full sentence, but it doesn't matter because you got a pension. Yeah, yeah, it, it don't matter. matter. You got a pension, and uh, you walk in on Christmas Eve and you bring a panettone and a. Uh, and a and a and a bottle of uh, sparkling wine, and you're yes. good. And no yeah. matter what, and no matter what you did last weekend, whenever anybody asks you, you did overtime. Yeah, you did overtime. That's your excuse for. <laughs> it's your excuse. It's your excuse for everything. <laughs> I gotta do overtime. You know Sorry. the union. I always gotta do it overtime. Sorry, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a flurry next week, so I gotta do 27 hours overtime. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry, cousin. Uh, I can't make your birthday party because I gotta yeah. do overtime. It's in the it union. Overtime. It's a union job. I know you're having a baby next week, but you understand. I gotta do overtime. I'm a senior guy. I gotta put in the time. So or I'm the I'm the foreman. I'm the foreman. I gotta I gotta be on the job. I gotta be on the job site. Yeah. Everything's a job site. Everything's a job site. Doesn't got, matter what you do. If you're an I, EMT, you gotta be on a job site. I don't know. Make make no mistake. If you are, if you're a kid from New York, and you call you call your workplace a job site, you've made it. Yes. If you yeah, if you go to work every day and you're at a job site, you're you're king. Hey you're, ma, hurry up, hurry up with my egg sandwich. I gotta get to the job site early I, tonight. Yeah, yeah, I gotta get to the. Oh, you got my espresso? I'm going to be late to the job site. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now that we got that out of our system. <sighs> fuck you, right. job site union Tonys. You know who never called their workplace a job site a day in his life? Donald J. Trump? Uh, Well, besides him, Michael Flynn. No, Donald J. Trump might have actually called his workplace a job site because, you know. Hotel magnet. Yeah, yeah, but he was developer. Behind the scenes, I mean, he would go to the job sites or whatever. But yeah, he had to go to the job sites in order to grease a couple palms, you know. Yeah. Union guys. Union. He had to deal with the unions. Yeah. Yeah. He had to deal Michael with Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn. The now free Michael Flynn. The now um, cut and dry free Michael Flynn. Is uh, his case is um, his case is dropped. God bless America. Oh yeah. Justice for all. One American News Network Justice Department drops case against General Michael Flynn. On Thursday, let me swallow the last of my sun chips. Okay, mm. on Thursday, the Justice Department announced it has dropped its case against General Michael Flynn, the decision to abandon the criminal prosecution of President Donald Trump. What do I sound like? I'm revving up to start a race. President Donald Trump's first national security You're excited advisor. For NASCAR. I am excited for NASCAR. Um, security advisor reportedly followed, quote unquote, newly discovered and disclosed information regarding the case. According to the agency, after reviewing all the facts and circumstances surrounding, ooh, typo, OANN, circumstances surround the case, 
it concluded the 2017 interview between the FBI and Flynn was unjustified. The department added it was conducted without any legitimate investigative basis. Um, okay, so question, because maybe, I mean, mm, I have a criminal justice degree. Um, I didn't think there had to be a legitimate, oh, well, no, never mind. Just answered my own question in my own head. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can't just pull anybody you want into the into the interrogation room. Okay. This came after U.S. Attorney Jeff Jensen recommended the DOJ drop the case against Flynn. Quote, unquote, through the course of my review of General Flynn's case, I concluded the proper and just course was to dismiss the case, uh, stated Jensen. I briefed Attorney General Barr on my findings, advised him on these conclusions, and he agreed. Uh, the former advisor pleaded guilty in 2017 for lying to FBI investigators during the Mueller probe. However, recent documents revealed possible misconduct by the FBI in its handling of an interview with Flynn at the time. Uh, President Trump welcomed the Justice Department's decision to drop the case. Uh, while speaking to reporters, the president called Flynn an innocent man wrongly accused by the quote-unquote Obama FBI for political reasons. Absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, uh, it was for political reasons. It was all to get to the president. Um, it was all to uh, try and get one of his inner circle guys to flip on him. President yeah. Trump. Sorry, I, I was counting on you. Yeah. Okay, all right. President Trump has said political biases in the U.S. government must be eradicated. Quote, unquote, they are scum, and I say it a lot. This should never have happened in this country. They went after him by they went after him by going after fine people. Those fine people said, quote, no, I'm not going to lie. I can't lie. He's not the only one. There are many of them. Uh, Donald Trump, 45th president of the United States. That's, it's, it's like a posted quote of his. So, yeah, Michael Flynn, off the hook. Thank God. I mean, it took uh, just under three years, right? Right, right, just about three years. This poor guy, he should sue the FBI um, for damages, including uh, the all-encompassing mental anguish. Uh, he's... I mean, the guy had to sell his house to pay legal fees. Right. I mean, where is he living, the poor guy? Well, he was living in jail, but... <laughs> <laughs> I meant, like, now, post-jail. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess he's going to be with his son for now. Um, like, what's his I can't wait. I can't wait until his first public appearance. The um, The best part about this all... I think really is uh, this this really opens the floodgates into what the Obama administration was up to. Now all these transcripts are getting released, uh, all these interviews. Uh, now, now it's going to start to come out uh, that they're saying Obama was running a shadow presidency. Yeah, it's wild. Um, sorry. They're, they're saying they're, they're saying that Obama was running a shadow presidency. He was um, he was contacting foreign officials before Trump would meet with them. So a shadow presidency, not in the whole UK parliamentary um, framework, shadow position. 
but in the sense that the dude was working in the shadows and uh so he was he was actually calling up people before they met with Trump to do what to 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 kind of like shake him a little bit to try and record the meeting um there's an article from from the Federalist um but it's a it's a quite a long article I'm trying to find it where where the meat really was. So the article is titled, it is from today, May 8th, 2020, by Molly Hemingway. Um, Obama-Biden Oval Office meeting on January 5th was key to entire anti-Trump operation. Susan Rice's bizarre Inauguration Day email about that meeting helps explain the campaign of leaks, lies, and obstruction that followed. I'll just go ahead and I'll just read you the opener uh, while you're finding that. Information released nice. in the... Yeah, no problem. Ju- information released in the Justice Department's motion to dismiss the case it brought against Lieutenant General Michael Flynn confirms the significance of a January 5th, 2017 meeting at the Obama White House. It was at this meeting that Obama gave guidance to key officials who would be tax- tasked with protecting the administration's utilization of secretly funded Clinton campaign research, which alleged Trump was involved in a treasonous plot to collude with Russia. Sounds like a fucking Tom Clancy novel. From being discovered or stopped by the incoming administration. Quote, President Obama said he wants to be sure that as we engage with the incoming team, we are mindful to ascertain if there are if there is any reason that we cannot share information fully as it relates to Russia, end quote. National Security Advisor Susan Rice, Susan Rice wrote in an unusual email to herself about the meeting that was also attended by Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates, FBI Director James Comey, and Vice President Joe Biden. Yeah, I, I, I strongly suggest everybody go read this article directly. Um because this has a this has everything broken down with timestamps, um, how they how they got to Flynn, how they got to Jeff Sessions afterwards, basically setting up Flynn for a, to get him on a fake violation of the Logan Act. I mean, this is just this is disgusting stuff. Yeah, it's a it 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 all seems like a coordinated effort by the Obama White House um, through the Obama FBI. In order to just to to frame a guy, in order to uh, get this you know this slow creep of <clears throat> of attempting yeah, to take Ob- down the next president, Obama was still orchestrating this after the inauguration in 2017, which is a violation of uh, of the law. Yeah, this so, is, uh, this 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 Flynn exoneration is going to is going to open the door to a lot a lot of dirty stuff and anybody who follows Q is going to know now that everything that Q's been saying is finally starting to happen. Like Q is not bullshit. A lot of people think it's bullshit. It's not. It's all starting to happen. Q oh, has yeah, told us Q has told us this whole time that it's not going to be quick. It's not going to be easy. You got to be patient. Without a doubt. Um 
And I don't know if, if you've noticed. Well, actually, I do know that you've noticed. Um, but Don Trump Jr., <clears throat> Don Jr. has been on Twitter. It is like a, over the last week, it's a it's like a slow progression towards more um, Q terms and Q speech. More, oh, yeah, yeah <clears throat> it's, it's a he's lot. He's radicalizing. Of, yeah, a little bit. I think he's I think he's red pilling slowly right in front of our eyes. Um, okay, hold on. Side note. Um, if you look at I'm sorry, mm-hmm. listeners, on the OANN article about the uh, dropping of the Michael Flynn case, doesn't Mike Flynn look like a certain high school history teacher that I had for three years? Hang on, I'm bringing it back. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, while you do that. Which, um, oh my god. Doesn't he? (laughs) Guy with the last name G. Oh my goodness. It's incredible. It's Dougie G. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, what do you think, what do you think about this whole, the whole coronavirus overreaction? think it's unnecessary i think we shut the world down for not no reason i mean uh, but it didn't have to happen so china the way that china reacted to this whole thing and you cannot tell me that they only have eighty two thousand cases period end of story um yeah there's no way they have less cases than new york it's just yeah. not possible no 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 a country of 1.6 billion 1.3 billion people no way in hell sorry it's just it's it's you they cannot say enough that they're just so good at this fucking thing because i'm sorry they're not it originated there they had exactly zero information i know we've said this ad nauseum but they there's no way in hell they only have eighty two thousand cases unless they just stopped counting or they're just like okay that's a high enough number we're gonna stop reporting but uh Ventura, <clears throat> ventura county is taking it one step further. Ventura County in California. Yeah, we posted it. this on our Instagram the other day, and Twitter, and um, I I got a little angry. God. Yeah, they're um, they're moving one step closer to a Chinese level response. Um, I'm sorry, there's no way that you could take it out of context. Uh, Ventura County clarifies <clears throat> claims. Do we have the uh, Do we home. have the video actually? Uh, go ahead and get that, and uh, we'll uh, we'll play it for the listeners. But so basically, what Ventura County said was that they were going to force people who did not self isolate or could not self isolate into hotel rooms and motel rooms. Um, force, uh, kind of like you know, mandatory that they would have to stay in hotel rooms and motel rooms. Uh, so it goes Ventura County. Officials were forced Wednesday to apologize and clarify that those who could not isolate or quarantine themselves would never be forcibly removed from their homes as part of an effort to further contain the spread of the coronavirus. We're going to go ahead and we're yeah. going to play that video. Bullshit. Fuck this guy. You, th- you think you think this guy sounds like uh, he ain't pulling you out of your home? We are beginning a program today which will certainly grow into something larger and larger, and that is a community contact tracing program 
We've done contact tracing all along. That a contact is a person who's been exposed to someone that we document to have the COVID infection. When we find someone who has a COVID infection, those people are immediately isolated. But we also work with them to figure out who their contacts were. Uh, but the purpose of this program is to bring on people. We may bring on up to 50 or even more as the program grows and as we see the needs for it. As we do more testing, we will find more and more people who have COVID-19. And again, we'll isolate every one of them and we will find every one of their contacts and we will make sure that they stay quarantined and we'll check in with them every day. We're going to do a more complete job and we're going to do a more meticulous job of making it less and less possible for others in the county to run into someone with COVID-19 infection. It's not just our county. There are going to be thousands of, of people hired who will be these contact investigators throughout the state. And this is occurring in many, many other states as well, perhaps all of the states in our country. Um, we will be giving intensive training to these people, identifying and finding contacts. Some of the people we find are going to have trouble being isolated. For instance, if they live in a home where there's only one bathroom and there are three or four other people living there and those people don't have COVID infection, we're not going to be able to keep the person in that home. Every person who we're isolating, for instance, needs to have uh, their own bathroom. And so we'll be moving people like this into other kinds of housing that we have available. No, that, no, you won't. No, you won't. That nope. is the, okay, that's the most elitist fucking thing I've ever heard. First of all, the people in my house I've already been in contact with, so now what? Second of all, no, you won't. Okay, you just won't. You're gonna have to fucking kill me. I mean, that was the most fucking elitist thing ever. You gotta have your own bathroom. I, you're, there's not enough hotel rooms in the fucking state of California for everybody to have their own goddamn bathroom. Uh, maybe on, maybe up in Beverly Hills. Maybe in Hollywood, everybody will have their own bathroom in their fucking hundred acre mansions. But, I mean, the normal people, the regular people, yeah, they're not going to have their own bathroom. But guess what? If they're infected with coronavirus, they're already, and they've already, if they could have possibly infected their family members, already they already done. did before symptoms came out. The damage is done. What's the def what, like, what are you doing now? What are you accomplishing? Okay, so if everybody's isolated together and one person contracts it, but they've been isolated, isn't doesn't it doesn't it isn't it only logical to say that those other people were also exposed at the same time as that one person who contracted it? And if those people didn't get sick by that exposure, maybe they're positive asymptomatically or maybe they have some sort of immunity we just have no clue about. At the moment. So why are we going to pull these people out of their homes and stick them in a hotel room? Okay, I've been in a hotel room before while I was sick. Being sick sucks. Being sick and being alone 
sucks even more. Being sick, being alone in a foreign in a foreign place like a hospital or a hotel or motel room is probably horrific. Not gonna lie, being forced to stay in a hotel room or a motel room and then being sick and by yourself away from your family and you were just taken out. It was going to be a horrific experience for these people. Where are you going to pull 86 year old people out of their, out of their homes that have my, maybe they have mild cases and they don't require to go to a hospital. Yep. They're just going to yank them out of their homes. So what happens? What happens? A six year old kid tests positive for coronavirus. You're going to yank that kid out of his home. Right. What, what happens if a 16 year old kid, they're a minor, but they're just like right on the <clears> cusp <throat> of being an adult. A legal adult, you're gonna pull them out of their home. They're still a minor. That's that's like a that's a very gray area. What you're if gonna, what if somebody with a with a disability test positive? You're gonna pull them out of their home with a disability? Yeah. Well, okay. So I saw somebody on Twitter. How about I, somebody um, with a disability that needs 24 hour attention? Right. I saw somebody on Twitter saying that their their uh, their son their son's an adult, but he has some. Uh, Mental mental issues that he's not fully developed. Um, maybe autistic or it was very vague. Uh, I got the I got the impression that he could live on his own, but he needs people to be around him. The guy kept calling up his mother and thinking that she wasn't coming to see him because she hated him, and that was that's what was on his mind. That oh my god, what did I do? You know, screaming and crying, and he lives inside a community, a gated community for people with the same ailments. And um, she couldn't go and see him. And every day that this lock, these lockdowns are going on, he's thinking he's getting deeper and deeper into depression, thinking that his family hates him. His, his body's just going to shut down one day. Yeah, it's <clears> terrible. <throat> it's it's absolutely terrible. I don't see a problem, I'll be perfectly honest, I really don't see a problem with if a mother or a father or a family member who's isolated with other family members visits, just like if you have to go take care of your elderly mother or father who's living in a different house, let's just say they're a widow or a widower, and you as their kid goes there every day and you take care of them, um, what's the problem? You're only... You're restricting your as long as you go to and from, you're restricting you're just encompassing that person into the individuals that you're isolating with. You see what I mean? Does that this make is sense? The United States of America. This is starting to become unconstitutional. They're taking stay at home orders and quarantines and starting to turn them into concentration man made concentration camps. They're acting they're at, no, no, but they're at well, yeah, but they're acting as if this is the black death. With a 35, 40, yeah, 30, 35, 40% um, fatality rate where people are just dropping dead left and right in the streets. Let me read you. Let's, uh, let's, let's read these numbers. Um, because it's just, just to put things into perspective, I know every week we read these numbers, but just to put things into perspective, the approximate, the approximate, uh, population of the United States, 350 million. The total cases in the U.S. as of today, 1,321,785. That we know about. Right. The uh, 
Total cases per 1 million, 3,993. That's minuscule. Yeah. Less than the flu. It's minuscule. It's almost a non-event. That doesn't take away from the fact that people lost family members and, and things like that. Tragic. It's horrible. But it is minuscule. I saw something today in 1968. There was 100,000 people who would, who died uh, from an H3N4 flu. H, H3N7 flu. H3N1, I believe. N2. I wasn't even close. Anyway, um, 100,000 people died. No shutdown. No quarantine of any kind. Yeah, th- this... Th- and now apparently the wheels are in motion. Um, Attorney General Barr is going to start to um, open up investigations into the governors of states that refuse to reopen. One more time for the people in the back. Attorney General Barr is going to begin opening and starting investigations into states that are refusing to reopen. All right. So the federal government is uh, they're, they're going to start they're going to start to take to get this ball rolling because. We need to bring the economy of the United States back up. I had a theory. What's your theory? So do you remember how my theory was that part of Trump agreeing to do a bailout would be... Um, the sanctuary cities? Yeah, they have to forfeit their sanctuary status and turn over illegals. Uh-huh. I have a new theory. Um, if you're going to take my money... Hungry. If you're going to take my money... <laughs> Sorry. If you're going to take my money, um, the federal government is now going to be in control of reopening your state. You have no say. That's um, that's interesting. And they would have to they would have to put it through as an agreement because there oh, is still the, still the 10th Amendment. But, hey, you want the money. You want the money. This is, I, the coronavirus task force will oversee the reopening of your state, not you. Congratulations. Oof. Well, there's another thing that the uh, that the state of California has to worry about, and it's um, it's not a virus, but it's a different sort of invasion. Nancy Pelosi. Well, besides Nancy Pelosi, because she's already got her fucking disgusting tentacles all over that state. Adam Schiff. Um, no, I think he's burrowed. Uh. You know, if you take a walk through the forest, you might you might see a pile of shift um, laying there. All you gotta do is just make sure you don't get it on your shoes. Any other guesses? No. Murder hornets. Uh ha ha! Isn't that Washington? Whatever, California, Washington. It's gonna have to go. Well, go it's down different because I would have guessed right if you said Washington. Oh yeah, well I fucked up. Okay. Uh. uh Experts say that, quote-unquote, murder hornets are not, in fact, invading the U.S. Plot twist. Because everybody's heard about murder hornets, yada, yada, yada. They're hornets. They're fucking... Could grow up to two inches, two inches in length, three-quarters of an inch. 20 miles an hour. Yeah, those things are fucking disastrous. Um, Following recent reports of Asian, Asian giant hornets... Native to China, Korea, and Japan. Oh, what else is no? Being spotted in the U.S. for the first time, people began to fear the possibility of invasion invasion of the nearly two-inch-long hornet. 
Nicknamed the Murder Hornet, the Asian giant hornet can decapitate honeybees and kill people with its venom. It's a little dramatic. One one of them one of them can't kill a human. Um, but the fact that when it does sting you, it releases a pheromone that calls all its buddies around. Um, That's pretty that crazy. Could, yeah, that could kill you. Um, however, entomologists have told Business Insider that reports of a murder hornet takeover in the U.S. were overblown. You fucking think? It's not an existential threat to mankind or to the U.S. or to our honeybee industry to have. Doug Yanega told Business Insider, yeah, by the way, this article's for Business Insider in case you couldn't tell. Uh, even if they do get established and build a foothold here, the scale of the threat is greatly overblown. The two-inch murder hornet that can decapitate honeybees and kill people with its venom is sure to cause fear and alarm. So when reports recently emerged of the Asian giant hornet native to parts, I, or, I mean, I, I can't stand when they write articles and they have the bullet points and then they just use the bullet points as the first three paragraphs. Uh, in September, Doug Yanega, a senior scientist at the Entomological Research Museum at the University of California, Riverside, was part of a consultation team that ventured into the city of Nanaimo on Vancouver Island, the location of the first sighting of, the, of a nest of the hornets in North America. Authorities were tasked with eradicating the nest to prevent the hornets from establishing... from establishing... Three months later, a resident in Blaine, Washington, about 50 miles as the crow flies from... I hate that fucking saying. As the crow flies? Just say 50 miles away from the fucking town. <laughs> from the Nemo, reported two sightings of the Hornet. One was dead and the other flew into a nearby forest. Ganega told Business Insider... And LeBrun, the national policy manager for honeybee, honeybee and pollinator pest programs, because there's a job position for everybody, in the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, because there's a department for everybody, said the, said the department confirmed one identification of the Asian giant hornet specimen and was working with the Washington State Department of Agriculture to determine how far this pest has spread. The Washington Department analyzed the dead hornet and found that it was not a genetic match to the eradicated nest in the Nemo, suggesting another nest existed within a 50-mile radius. The APHIS, uh, that is an acronym, uh, A-P-H-I-S, said that it had contributed over $400,000 in fiscal year 2020 to support exotic hornet research and prevent the Asian giant hornet from establishing itself in the U.S., Neither the second hornet nor its nest was found, prompting local authorities to ask residents keep their eyes peeled for any more hornets. Um, it's so pretty much what this uh, Yanega dude is saying. It really only pertains to the Im immediate vicinity of Vancouver Island and the surrounding parts of Washington. Um, quote, uh, which are places like Blaine. Maybe in a worst-case scenario, as far as South Billingham, which is still the extreme northwest corner of the U.S. Uh, but you know, there is one thing that could uh, that could save us, and uh, I hope that they find the coronavirus equivalent. It is a uh, praying mantis. It's a praying mantis, and uh, they are native to north to Europe and North America. Yeah, there was a video going around of praying mantis eating the brain of a murder hornet. So it doesn't go for the fleshy part of the body. It just 
fucking goes for the head. Yeah, goes right it's, for the brain. It's savage. It's a fucking savage beast. I was always taught not that there was nothing to fear with a uh, praying mantis, but apparently it could do damage. Yeah, it could do a little bit of fucking I've never damage. seen a butterfly eat something's brain. Right. No, a butterfly, a uh, caterpillar, a worm, um, a uh, praying mantis. I've never seen them as, uh, you know, savage motherfuckers. But apparently out of all those, the praying mantis is probably the most savage motherfucker out of out of. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Insect realm. Yeah, there's a video on on uh, NewYorkPost.com uh, titled "Grizzly Video Shows Praying Mantis Eating Brain of a Murder Hornet," and uh, the thing doesn't stand the fucking chance. Doesn't even know it's coming. No, so, it really doesn't. It's almost like the praying mantis is invisible the whole time. Yeah, it's uh, it's the praying mantis is looking at the murder hornet. The murder hornet is looking at the praying mantis and is like, "Come at me, bro! You're nothing." And then the praying mantis is like, don't underestimate me, guy. And the murder hornet is like, all right, we're gonna, we're not even going to take this outside. We're going to do this right here in this glass case. Mm-hmm. So the praying mantis is like, all right, bro, we got this. Let's throw hands. And the murder hornet, hornet barely has its hands up to block its face as the mm-hmm. praying mantis leaps in, gets it in mm-hmm. a headlock, and starts eating, starting at the eyeball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it uh, rips away part of its uh, skull plate. Discards that because, you know, it's too chewy. Um, too hard. And uh, then goes to town for the uh, into the uh, fleshy part of the brain. This is graphic. Yeah, it is. It is actually kind of graphic because you see the last uh, death twitches of the of the hornet. It's fucked up. It's yeah. Fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's it. And the uh, whoever whoever created this video. The fucking he's a he's a thrasher. That dude with the fucking background music. How do fantastic. you even find that out? How, how do you how do you figure that out? I don't know. I Where mean, do you even get a praying mantis? I always thought that they were like fear of extinction. Like what? Drunk scientists. Um. Drunk animal guys specializing in, uh, they all got their PhDs in fucking insect biology. And it was just like, okay, we just went out. We got this murder hornet. That's cool. We're going to, you know, check its genetics. We're going to look at, you know, has it had babies? Has it, you know, is it sexually mature? All that. And then they just, they hammered back a few shots of fireball on Christmas Eve. Um, no, not at Christmas Eve. That's too late. They fired, they hammered back a few shots of fireball, and uh, they were just like, we also got this fucking praying mantis. He's pretty cool. Let's just see. It's pretty much the uh, insect world's version of a cockfight. Mm-hmm. Yep. A drunken cockfight. So you're saying what they did was illegal? No. No, no, no. The, a, a insect... Oh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's not implicated on that. Well, um... I mean, the praying mantis is, uh, make no mistake, if if we could release about 100,000 praying manti, yep, grammatically correct, 100,000 praying manti, we could um, pretty much eradicate the fucking murder hornet problem. Not even 100,000, 10,000 praying manti. 
Because those things kill other pests, by the way. Uh, other sorts of bees. Well, not the not the good bees. It kills the bad bees. Well, the wasp, I mean, we horns. we really we really have nothing to fear with murder hornets anyway, because we're not allowed outside of our homes. So, murder hornet's gonna have to come get us. Right, right. Um, there, there's a place. Very uh, very scenic name. It's called Cherry Health. Cherry Health. Oh. Mm -hmm. And a certain certain news agency went down to Cherry Health, located in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, and was just like, we need some footage. And um, the head of Cherry Health said, okay, no problem. They set up a testing site outside, right? And uh, it was it was pretty empty, like even the ones in New York City are. Um, and they're just like the the director of this Cherry Health place is just like you know what we need we need to make this good for the media. We need to show them that we're on the ball. You 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 and you nurse 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 doctor orderly dude who changes the bedpans go outside get in your cars and sit on that fucking line. And CBS News passed it off as a legitimate thing. Yeah, they all knew about it, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Cherry, this is a Fox17online.com article. Cherry Health and CBS News are facing accusations they staged long lines at a coronavirus drive through testing facility for a news report. Uh, this is I mean, all it's not tied- an accusation. Project Veritas caught them red-handed. Yeah, this is all tied to a Project Veritas uh, as part of their... A Project Veritas investigation undercover video is part of their hashtag ExposeCBS campaign. Uh, the allegations for Project Veritas says that at least one employee from Cherry Health was told by a superior to get in their car and join the line of people being tested for COVID-19 at the heart of the City Health Center. Uh, the center was one of the several locations across... The country being featured in a report by CBS News. The piece was published on Friday, May 1st. According to Project to the Project Veritas report, one of Cherry Health's directors ordered personnel to enter the line in their vehicles. In undercover videos, the staff claims that swab tests were not being done during the segments recording to protect the actual patients that were in line. The report by CBS News focused on the need for medical gowns and N95 masks. On May 6, CBS removed all mention of Cherry Health and added a note to the story highlighting the questions surrounding the video footage. In a statement to Project Veritas, CBS News President Suzanne... Uh, Susan, Suzanne, Susan, Susan Zarinsky said CBS News did not stage anything at the Cherry Health facility. Any suggestion to the contrary is 100% false. These allegations are alarming. We reached out to Cherry Health to address them immediately. They informed us for the first time that one of their chief officers told at least one staffer to get in the testing line. (laughs) I got bored of the monotone. Um. With real patients, no one from CBS News had any knowledge of this before tonight. 
They also said that their actions did not prevent any actual patients from being tested. We take the accuracy of our report very seriously, and we are removing the Cherry Health portion of the piece. Just leave me alone now. That's how that, I imagine. That's it. actually exactly how she looks like she sounds. But <laughs> the um, th- this this is mind blowing because I mean this is Michigan. Michigan, hold on, I want to go back to worldometers because doesn't Michigan have the third highest coronavirus count in the country? New York is one. New Jersey's New two. Oh, Massachusetts, Illinois, Michigan is like seven. One, two, three. Yep, they're four, number five, seven. Seven. Yep. So Michigan is number seven at forty-six thousand. They have um, they have uh, forty-six hundred cases per one million, and like, of course, the test center is going to be quiet. I mean, they don't have a ton of cases. I don't. I don't understand. Like. Why do they feel the need that they have to fake it? Wouldn't you assume that if there are no people coming to get tested, that's a good thing? Right, that would be a good thing. Wouldn't 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 you assume that the mainstream media that would uh would want to report on that and I mean, what gives this lady the right and the goal to come out and say that this didn't happen and what gives her the right to hand out mechanical pencils on Halloween because that's what she looks like she does. She does look like she hands out mechanical pencils on Halloween. Um, This is... um, I mean, this is beautiful because the fact that CBS ran with it knowingly... What is the mainstream media not willing to do? If they're willing to go along with this, like seriously, are, what else? What else are they capable of? Are you looking at the picture of her? Mm, not anymore. Okay. Well, is she wearing a din- a decorative dinner napkin? She could be. It looked like a um, Gryffindor flag. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I don't know. It looks like the state flag of Michigan around her neck. That's sacrilegious. Yeah. And, you know, Michigan has 46,000 cases, and this bitch Gretchen Whitmer extended the stay-at-home order to May 28th? Yeah, she extended the stay-at-home order until May 28th. Uh, uh, Reopens manufacturing as part of her Michigan Safe Start plan. I don't I don't get why she would do that. She extends it to May 28th and at that point she'll allow manufacturing workers um including the ones at the three auto companies um she'll actually allow them to resume work on Monday, May 11th. Um but everybody else is forced to stay home until the 28th. Meanwhile, the, the COVID numbers are low. I, I really think she's doing this just to spite the constituents and the people of the state. Now, like I said before, Barr is opening investigations into these tyrannical governors. Um, but even here, 
It says automotive and manufacturing is not the only backbone of our regional and state economy. It is essential to the functioning of the global supply chain. This is good news for Michigan and the nation. Um, that's a quote from Glenn Stevens Jr., the executive director of Michigan Auto. Right. He's just going along with it at this point. Like, why would he not go along with it? She's saying they get back to work on Monday. So that's great news for him. Right. Exactly. Um, this is a uh, this is an article from Michigan.gov straight from the horse's mouth uh, under executive order 2020-77. Uh, manufacturing facilities must adopt measures to protect their workers from the spread of COVID-19. That includes conducting a daily entry screening protocol for workers and everyone else entering the facility, including a questionnaire covering symptoms and exposure to people with possible COVID-19, together with a temperature screening as soon as they, as soon as no-touch thermometers can be obtained. They must also create dedicated entry points at every facility and suspend entry of all non-essential in-person visits, including tours. Um, okay, couple couple things. How long is this questionnaire going to take in the morning? I think I'll do the same one every day. Every fucking day. Um, temperature screening... No touch thermometers. Is that the same thing as the uh, digital? The uh, you know, you pull the trigger, look like um, you're yeah, a communist revolutionary. Yeah, the infrared. You know, right at somebody's forehead. Yeah. Weren't those deemed to be inaccurate? Right. Yeah. And they must also create dedicated entry points at every facility. I don't know through the door, through the front door, maybe. Um. Well, what if somebody is a practicing ninja and he wants to drop in through a skylight? He can't do that anymore? No, apparently not. All right. Nope, sorry. That guy's going to need a new job. Yeah, that guy's fucked. I don't know. I mean, how is he going to. Yeah, unless they post people up on a roof to take his fucking temperature. But now summer's coming. So, like, you're going to point a a laser at somebody's forehead when they were just out in the sun on a 100 degree day. What do you think their temperature is going to read? It's gonna read in the upper in the upper nineties and like ninety nine ninety nine point yeah. five. I mean, with, uh, this is so stupid. It's unbelievable. I mean, if somebody's coming to work with a hundred and three point five fever, I get it, you know. But I don't foresee anybody coming to work with a hundred and three point five fever, even a hundred over a hundred degree fever. You know, people are just gonna stay home because they don't feel good. Um, at what point do you start throwing people out if they have, what, a 99-degree fever, a 99.5, a 100-degree? I think anything over 102 is, or 103 is reasonable. But how long is this going to take? How much is, is this going to cost the employers? Uh, because they're going to have to have people come in 45 minutes to an hour earlier every day in order to do this questionnaire. Or else they're going to lose an hour of the workday. Yeah, I'm walking in a, a minute before I got to clock in, and I'm getting to work. So if you want to give me a questionnaire, I mean, if you want to, if you want me to come in an hour early to fill out a questionnaire, you're paying me for that hour. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I mean. I mean, yeah, it's a given. But how much is that going to cost employers? And furthermore, how much is that going to cost the state? Because that's honestly, that's going to have to come from the state. Because and the, a lot to, of these guys are union workers. They're getting OKs from the unions to just be doing this stuff. Right, a, a lot okay. of this doesn't make sense. I mean, they're getting the okay from their nonna because they have you know, a union job. 
they got a union job and they're, you know, right. they're set for life. Maybe a lot of these people got city jobs. Yeah. So, you know, they, they are like the favorite grandchild. Um, so it's okay. Like if that's, if the job doesn't pay them, you know, Nana will just pay. It's okay. Nana will subsidize it in Bake City and, uh, and lasagna, maybe. At least, uh, at least Michigan has a reopening plan. Because New York doesn't. Cuomo today um, came out and, and cautioned against people's expectations for a fast reopening after his anticipated date of May 15th. So n- now Cuomo put out a guideline. Um, his reopening requirements. So... He wants to see a 14-day decline in hospitalizations, which we have. Um, 30 tests per 1,000 residents, which they're doing. Um, 30% hospital bed availability. Not there. Apparently, we have 28% hospital beds available. Um, 30% of ICU beds available. Apparently, we only have 21 um, and he wants to see under two people per 100,000 residents um, as new hospitalizations. And right now we're at 5.4 people per 100,000. Okay, but what's what's very interesting about this whole thing, especially that 30% available hospital beds thing, um, Anthony found a, a chart from council.nyc.gov. It is uh, New York City Health Hospitals uh, Bed Utilization Report for Fiscal Year 2018. The, it lists out hospitals in the city. Uh, Bellevue Hospital. Now remember, we have to have 30% availability. Availability until, uh, until we could reopen. Uh, Bellevue Hospital. This is fiscal year 2018. Uh, the height. This is the height. This isn't the average. It's the it's the acute hospital utilization. Beds in use at the height, 729 at Bellevue Hospital. Aver- average daily census, 611. I assume that's that's the that's the average number of of individuals uh, admitted it. on yeah. a daily basis. Um, occupancy rate, 81.6%. Coney Island Hospital. I'm just going to go ahead and read you the, the occupancy, rate, uh, occupancy rate percentage. 78.3. Elmhurst Hospital. 76.3. That's the, and Elmhurst is the one in Queens that had the 18-wheelers with the body bags. Right. Jacoby Hospital. 80.7%. Kings County. No, Jacoby was 86. Point, you're 86.3. right, 80.7. No, no, no. Uh, Harlem Hospital, 80.7. I missed that. Jacoby, 86.3%. Kings County, 78.3%. Lincoln Hospital, 80.1%. Or is that Lincoln Health Center? Uh, Metropolitan, it just says Metropolitan. I'm assuming that's hospital. 75.4%. NCB, 77.2%. Queens Hospital. 77.9%. 77.9%. Woodhull, 
The average is a 79.7% utilization, occupancy rate. So the governor wants, during a pandemic, to have a 70% occupancy rate. He wants to have a lower occupancy rate during a national, uh, international pandemic than during flu season. Right, right. So is this... Is this the fact that they're, you can't tell me that they're not also hospitalizing individuals who have like a uh, fucking cancer and who have whatever other ailments that are natural, that are normally coming into the, to the ER or being admitted. Right. Car accidents. Yeah. They're not just like, okay, we gave you, you know, we gave you, uh, we gave you a general, uh, uh, localized anesthesia. Here's some fucking pain pills. Be off your way, be on your way. Because we got some coronavirus patients coming. No, these people are still, they're still being hospitalized. They're still using up beds. So the governor wants less people to be, he wants an even, an even less occupancy rate during a pandemic than is the average during a non-pandemic year, 2018. Makes no sense. Makes zero sense. Makes absolutely zero sense. There's no way. It's not possible unless they're kicking people out. And he also wants 30 tracers per 100,000 people. Um, uh, uh, I don't even know what that means. 30 tracers? Yeah, per 100,000 residents. I don't know how 30 people are supposed to track the contacts of 100,000 different people. Um, But did you know that New York State is looking to pay tracers $57,000 a year? Wow. Okay, sign me up. Maybe I'm going to actually fulfill the dreams of my uh, my parents and get a a state job. $57,000 $57,000 a year. You're telling me that you don't have enough money to reopen the state, that we're broke, but you're going to pay contact tracers $57,000 a year to do a job that's literally physically impossible? Right. They should just give the uh, they should give the census workers that can't work anymore that job. They, they literally have city jobs. Police officers start at under 40,000 a year. New York City police officers start at under $40,000 a year. Right. Contact tracers are going to start at 57k. What? And uh it's contact contact tracing, there's no real medical expertise that needs to be employed. No. If I'm correct, right? They they point you at the, in the direction of somebody who has coronavirus. They say, find out who they came in contact with. Find out where they went. Find out uh, when they went there. Find out who could possibly, who else could have possibly been there. And find out if those people are sick. Okay. It's a bullshit job. It requires common sense. It, it's impossible to do. It's literally physically impossible. Yeah. $57,000 a year to do that. It's it's it seems like a like a private investigator job. In a in a in a sense, it does kind of point you in the direction here. Find out what you can. And in a, and a lot of times it's physically impossible to do. This is physi- this is literally physically impossible. You can't do it. 
Because like we said in a uh, in a previous episode, you leave your house in the morning, you take three buses, two trains to go to your fucking job, you go back, you're not feeling too good, you're exposed to 500 people in your office building, you, you go back downstairs, take two subways and three buses back home to go to your doctor, and then your doctor says, uh, how many people do you think you uh, you came in contact with? Yeah, 10,000. Exactly. So it's, it's literally like fifteen hundred people between three buses and two trains. Twice. Yeah, it's it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna be possible at all. No, it's literally physically impossible. And now Cuomo wants to <laughs> Cuomo wants to charge taxes to the great people that came to volunteer their time in New York State from out of state healthcare workers. What a piece of crap. So I'm sure everybody's aware Governor Cuomo asked all over the country um healthcare workers to volunteer to come to New York and help uh help man hospitals. And we got over ninety thousand people come here from out of state. Um, and now Cuomo wants to charge them New York state income tax on their paychecks. Yeah. Because the, uh, the mob needs their cut. Cause New York is broke. You believe this shit? I'm sorry. I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a fucking second that it's really necessary. Okay. So these people were coming, they came here to help us. This okay? quote right here from Cuomo. <laughs> We're not in a position to provide any subsidies right now because we have a $13 billion deficit. So there's a lot of good things I'd like to do. And if we get federal funding, we can do. But it would be irresponsible for me to sit here looking at a $13 billion deficit and say I'm going to spend more money when I can't even pay the essential services. New York State and local governments receive more than $7.5 billion in pandemic relief funding through the CARES Act uh, that got approved in March. And Cuomo is now asking for more money. And he's going to use those poor out-of-state volunteer workers as a fucking bargaining chip. Right. He's going to hold. So now Samaritan's Purse, the, um, the company that the nonprofit that staged the hospital in Central Park. The uh, Franklin Graham vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting an income tax bill from Albany. That's amazing. That's so, absolutely. It's it's so fucking ballsy. Ken Isaacs, the Samaritan's Purse vice president, told Pix11 News in New York, a financial comptroller called me. Do you know? Th-? And he goes, Do you know that all of you are going to be liable for New York state income tax? He goes, What? The comptroller said, yeah, there's a law. If you work in New York State for more than 14 days, you have to pay state income tax. It's not just New York's income tax itself that will cause volunteer health workers. Time-consuming financial pain will also be brought with the associated compliance costs. He said, between the bureaucracy and the paperwork, once you start filing that, you have to do that for like a whole year or something. (laughs) They're never going to come and help us again. So now, 
the party of the quid pro quo accusals, Cuomo has suggested a quid pro quo deal with federal lawmakers where he'll consider waiving that income tax bill um, as long as New York gets more federal financial assistance. Right, right. So now Mitch McConnell um, and everybody uh, everybody in Congress or whatever, they're looking to pass a – they're looking to pass a backdoor bill that would basically allow – those healthcare workers to get that money back. Right. A statement from representative Johnson's office describes the measure HR 5674 as bipartisan and bicameral reform that simplifies state income tax requirements for employees who spend 30 days or less working in states outside of their state of residence. The tax system is already too complicated as it is. Congressman Johnson said it's important. Bipartisan legislation simplifies the tax code to help Americans who work across multiple jurisdictions from being taxed by state and local governments other than the places in which they live or perform duties over an extended period. The Mobile Workforce Tax Simplification Act, in addition to the benefits described by Representative Johnson, would undercut Governor Cuomo's aforementioned demand by establishing, quote, a uniform threshold where workers could be required to file and businesses to withhold tax only after employers work more than 30 days in a state, uh, end quote. According to the state announcement, the bills uh, state. According to the statement announced, the statement announcement, the bills introduction. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is ridiculous. This this can't be allowed. Cuomo can't get away with this. This quid pro quo shit's got to stop. He can't use these poor fucking people um as a bargaining chip with his in his spat with mitch mcconnell he's got to fucking grab his balls and man up and realize that he doesn't know how to run a state now he's got to call daddy in big papa trump to fix the problem for him right to bail him out and now um councilman joe borelli has reached out to the white house and apparently he secured almost four billion dollars in funding for the mta because Cuomo and de Blasio want to keep getting into this dick measuring contest every fucking 20 minutes with each other. So a real man had to step in and get the job done. Right. It is, uh, it's what, $3.9 billion to bail out the MTA, correct? Correct. That's fantastic. That is, okay, so Joe Borelli, he is a, uh, he's a, he's a, uh, he's a city, city, uh, city representative, city councilman from uh, Staten Island. He's very extremely active on Twitter. He was uh, he was the chairperson for Donald Trump's uh, New York campaign in 2016. Yeah, no, he is a uh, he's a he's an absolutely great guy. The uh, according to the New York Post, Trump is on board with 3.9 billion MTA bailout. Uh, the MTA now is now has its hands on 3.9 billion dollars in federal bailout money approved by Congress in March. The funding was part of a 25 billion dollar package for mass transit agencies included in the CARES stimulus bill signed by President Donald Trump on March 25th. Quote, this historic $25 billion in grant funding will ensure our nation's public transportation systems can continue to provide services to the millions of Americans who continue to depend on them. Federal Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao 
uh, said in a statement. Uh, the, MP- uh, the MTA does need another $8.9 billion in rescue funds to get through the end of 2021, officials with the transit agency said Friday. So thanks for the $3.9 billion, but uh, we need another four. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Five, rather. I can't do math. Too many sun chips. Um, yeah, no, it's... It, <sighs> Councilman Joe Borelli, uh, Trump's New York State campaign co-chair... Posted on Twitter that uh, good news coming from Washington about the MTA. And then they went ahead and announced it. Uh, you know, I I am a fiscal conservative unless it's completely necessary. And in New York, you can't let the MTA collapse. Because no, if the cannot. MTA... Yeah, if the MTA collapses, we're going to be paying $12 for fare. Yeah, well, right. even... Even I mean, if the MTA collapses and people can't get around in New York City, it will affect the entire the economy of the world. Yeah, Wall Street, Wall Street guy. I mean, Wall Street guys are coming in with their own cars and uh, and they'll they'll manage. But you know, people who work in uh, different you know mom and pop stores and malls and shit like that in the city not gonna be able to get around. It's gonna it's gonna collapse the entire economy of the city and the state. So if you're gonna if you're gonna keep if you're gonna bail out one thing in New York, it's got to be the MTA. Yes, the it MTA, does. It it uh it controls the subways, it controls the buses, it controls the ferries, it controls every which way that New, the majority of New Yorkers get around. You yeah. know, millions of people's millions of people's millions of people. They um, you know, money um morning and night. They uh they get around using the buses, trains, and ferries, and there's no way you can let them go under. No. No. So I'm all in on uh, on the bailout. I applaud it. I think uh, I think Cuomo can't get used to seeing money coming in though. This this fucking guy's got to be stopped. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking. McConnell and uh and and Congress and all of them they put their foot down. There's gonna be a phase four. Uh, there's gonna be a phase four stimulus coming, and it's gonna have something to do with uh, it's gonna have something to do with bailout money or shit like that. But I mean, they'll figure it out. Um, all all this is just a dog and pony show basically at this point. So what's the uh, what's the chances that we get another stimulus check? Um, I think we will get another one. Oh, thank God. I think we will. I think there'll be more money for us in phase four. I don't know if it'll be a direct stimulus check or I know I know the president's been pushing really hard for the pay for the uh, payroll tax holiday. That's fine by me. Uh, You don't have to send me a direct check. Just I pay almost eight hundred dollars. Well, a little bit less uh, in taxes every paycheck. So fuck me like. It's it's like it, it. it's strangling. It's totally yeah. strangling. So if, if they'll freeze income tax for the remainder of the year, um, that would be great. Um, especially, I've completely lost my train of thought. Yep, there it goes. All right. Well, um, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, right. They they they're already talking about postponing the income tax filing deadline again so instead of uh what was it july right 
July. July yeah, 15th. so who knows when they're going to look to make it now. I'm sure that'll be part of the Phase 4 bill once Nancy Pelosi and her cronies in the House get actually get back to work. Yeah, they should do it uh they should do it for 2 weeks before election day and um and leave it that way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean at the end of the day we need stimulus checks again because Dunkaroos are coming back and I need them. Yeah, Dunkaroos are coming back so I got to go to BJ's and get up all their stock. Yeah, I need my Dunkaroos, so I'm going to need another stimulus check. Thanks very much. That's fucking nostalgia right there. Well, yeah. we uh, we thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Republic Restored podcast. I'm Joe. That's Anthony. Once again, you can find us on Twitter at Restored and on Instagram at Restored. Give us a five-star rating and review on the podcast app of your choice. And take us out. Uh, I, just, I just want to close by saying... Um, Happy Mother's Day to all the uh, the moms yeah. out there. That's coming up. Uh, I think we'll be releasing this episode either on Mother's Day or maybe the day after. Um, so happy Mother's Day. Um, thank you to all the moms for everything that you do all the time. Um, nobody better than a mom unless that mom's Hillary Clinton. Fuck that bitch. No happy Mother's Day for Hillary Clinton, you murderous can you you murderous cunt i hate that word i'm sorry but that's what she is she i'm starting to sweat now perspiring just thinking about that bitch i hate her guts happy mother's day to everybody except hillary clinton take care everybody you can't always get what you want you can't always get what you want you can't always get what you want But if you try sometimes You might find Jimmy, a man, did he look pretty ill? I said to him, you can't always get what you want, no, you can't always get what you want, you can't always get what you want, no, but if you try sometime, it just might find.